Hey guys, it's Miller. Thanks for tuning into this week's installment of Upper Dallas. You are going to uh, love this word. Special, special breaking Upper news about halfway through that you won't want to miss. I dive in again to the future of Upper Room, our movement, and three main objectives the Lord is highlighting. Uh, I think you'll personally be encouraged just the way the Lord has spoken to me and our leadership. Uh, it's very practical to your journey with Jesus. I think you will like it. We love you. Thanks for tuning in. We value Thank you. Hey, if, you, if you're a business owner and you are launching or have recently launched, say, in the last five years a business, and you're believing for greater things ahead, you've planted a seed, you've been watering it, would you just raise your hand? I really feel like we're to pray for entrepreneurs and business leaders like Israeli Goodwine there. Uh, I've watched them from seed form and now to see a business come forth. You need to check out Israeli Good Wine. It is good wine and it's from Israel and it's birthed in the prayer room here, the guys did. So raise your hand again. If someone's around you and you feel comfortable, would you just extend your hands to them? And I'm going to ask Joe Galindo. He's an elder here uh, that oversees marketplace ministries in the city. He's really an apostolic leader to uh, business leaders, but I just feel faith for you and what you've been laboring through and that this would be a season of harvest, that you would not grow weary, you would not tire, but that you would be faithful to steward what the Lord has spoken. This was his idea. He's gotten you this far and he's committed to what he spoke. His word will not return to him void or empty. So Lord, we just declare that it's by your spirit. Lord, we just, we just say that you are the God of every idea in this room that you're going to lead, you're going to shepherd, you're going to guide. Woo! That, Lord, the, the secular is sacred to you, Lord. There's no division between the two. Lord, it is spiritual. And so we just declare, Lord, your divine purposes for these kings, these kings on the earth. Establish these ideas in Jesus' name. Woo! Joe's going to pray. Joe's going to pray. Keep your head out. Lord, first, we want to... Uh, look at who you are, king of the universe, bringing forth every innovation, every created thing, every innovated thing, and you impart that to your people, to yes, your sons Lord. and daughters. So we thank you for that, and then we, that we might clearly see what your word says in Isaiah 9, verse 7, that the increase of your government and of your peace will know no end, and it's the zeal of you, the passion of you that will accomplish that. Thank you for all who are in the marketplace, whether owning a business or whether working in the marketplace. Holy Spirit, come like never before that the kingdom of you, the increase of your kingdom will take place because of who is in the marketplace, because of what is done in the marketplace, because of what you have called us to be in the marketplace. Your word says, faithful are you, each of you who we're praying for right now. Faithful is he who has called you, and he is the one who will see you through. He is the one who will bring it to pass. Yeah. He is the one who yeah. will do it. So, Lord, it's a, it's a reality, it's a promise that we, have a, that we have a choice to walk in. Just like we are the good works, we are your poem that is to be expressed. You have prepared good works in advance that we might walk in them, and that yes, is the Lord. case here in the marketplace as well. There are good works that each here that we're praying for will be able to walk in because Faithful are you as called them, and you yes, are the one Lord. who will see them through and bring it to pass. Yes, Lord. So we know that this will be done not by might, not by power, but by your Holy Spirit. Jesus. So we pray the power of you, the grace of you, the mercy of you, the strength of you, the kingdom of God is, is not striving, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit be poured out 
from Isaiah 11, your spirit of wisdom and understanding, your spirit of counsel and strength, your spirit of knowledge and the fear of you, Lord, that we here, every one of us here, will delight in the fear of you, that we might arise and shine knowing our light has come, the glory of you has risen upon us. In yeah, Jesus I, want, name. I want to pray for one group of people. I just feel in my heart out of Joshua 9 as they started to, to take the promises of the Lord. Um, some foreign kings came to the uh, Israelites seeing the success that they had had. And uh, they wanted to make covenant with them for they feared them. And I just, I want to implore uh, those that are leading businesses and it's starting to take off just um, to take counsel in the Lord because the elders did not take the Lord's counsel uh, they formed partnerships that weren't of him. And I really feel in my heart that this is a season uh, for finding his counsel. Just because you've been successful with a little, I feel in my heart, the Lord is saying, I am your partner. I, I feel like one of the things the enemy is saying, or one of the thoughts that you're having is that I need help. I need partnership. And the Lord is saying, I am your partner to take counsel in him, to take counsel in him, to take counsel in him that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Draw close to him. He is in this with you. He is in this with you. It says this, it says, uh, Joshua made peace with him, made covenant with him. Um, so they, oops, that's not the right scripture, but it's a really good one. Um, it says this, so the men of Israel took some of their provision and they did not seek the counsel of the Lord. That there could be partnerships bringing provision, but it's just to, to seek his counsel. That's the point in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. Well, I want to say what's up to the overflow. It is overflowing this morning. Um, I got to hop in there and I actually gave them upper room breaking news before you got it. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, hopefully later on, I'll break the news. What's up, Reward? Look at Reward's shoes. Are these not amazing? Just stand up, bro. There's something on your shoes, man. Get up here. Let's let everyone see them. Look at this. Those red shoes. What's up? He's been preaching the gospel. It's like every time I open up my my social media feed, you're somewhere preaching. So I love your voice. I love what God's doing with you, Reward. It's amazing. It's so, so cool. It's really special. Uh, and thank you, worship team. Thank you, J. Lou, taking us back to the old school with my God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. Amen. Amen. All right. I'm, I'm a little handicapped this morning because uh, I've been a single dad of two boys for the last three days. And uh, I made it though, I'm here. <laughs> so that was my goal and it is accomplished. Um, so grace, grace to the preacher this morning. Uh, I, I, uh, I do feel like this is a special morning. Um, I, I do have an announcement that I wanna share later in the message and just how we came to this uh, juncture. I think it is a special one, but uh, I, I wanna tell you just from my heart, uh, if you're visiting here, um, I just want to welcome you to our family. Uh, we, we truly are that. We, 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 uh, we don't have a, a big agenda except uh, to know and love Jesus. We, we really do love Jesus. Uh, we really believe that he is uh, resurrected and seated at the right hand and that you can have a relationship with Jesus. That uh, Christianity isn't about religion. It's not about services. It's not about songs and sermons. It's about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that you can have a relationship with God found in the person of Jesus. And we believe that Jesus, uh, you were created in his image and to know your design, to know your purpose, you must know him. That a relationship with him changes everything. And I am one of uh, thousands in this church that would say that. Amen. And so, uh, if you come with questions, bring them. If you come with, uh, uh, previous experiences uh, to churches and you've been hurt or wounded or just kind of you're over church over Jesus, you're welcome here. Uh, your questions are welcome here. Uh, in fact, we see more people that, uh, attempted to leave Jesus, find him in this place. Uh, it, they were running from him and running from the things of him, uh, but he is not afraid of 
your questions. In fact, last night I was telling Aaron, I was so, so touched. I don't know why I was touched by this. It just made me relate to the father. And I think this might be a few of you, but I was talking in my three-year-old and we had had a long day. We went out and uh, fished with the Lewis kids and um, we just had had a long day. We've been in the car a lot. And so, uh, but it was a good day and, and, and I was tucking him in and, and getting him in bed and I had sung him a song and read him the five little monkeys that cleaned a car or something and made it to the book. And, and every time I pray, you know, can I pray for you? He turns around, you scratch his back, you pray. And I just feel like dad and Truman, my three-year-old, we're connecting, you know, we've had this beautiful day. And so, uh, I'm like being moved kind of emotionally, you know, like I am having this moment. It's just hard to have with Truman. And so Truman <laughs> at the, at the end of all of this, he says, dad, come here. So I get real close and I'm expecting, and I love you or what a day we had. And he looks at me and he said, dad, leave me alone. <laughs> and I'm like, but you know what? It didn't, it, it, I'll tell you, nothing changed in my heart towards him. Like, I was just like, all right, I'll see you in the morning. Uh, so. Some of you, if that's you before the Lord, like, like he's knocking and he's telling you he loves you and you're just like, I want you to know that it does not deter him. He's not moved by it. He's not like, he's, he's not insecure in his love for you. He's not like, it's not dependent upon you. It's not even dependent upon your belief in him being who he is. He is so committed to a love that cannot fail. It will not fail. It has not failed. And, uh, and so if that's you, just, you know, he's massaging your back. He's singing songs over you. He's got J. Lou doing strong and so mighty. And if you're giving him the stiff arm, he's going to keep singing. He's going to keep singing. So um, he loves you. And it is a good morning uh, to know him. His mercies are new. And I just feel the joy of the Lord today. <laughs> You know, the joy of the Lord is our strength. If you're a Christian, your strength isn't in. It's not in any. I'm trying to think of other things we put our strength in, which is a lot. But the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. And then the joy of the Lord is found in the presence of the Lord. It says in Psalm 1611 that in his presence is fullness of joy. So in his presence is fullness of strength. That's beautiful, man. We were designed and made to be uh, in his presence. And uh, that's where I'm going to end uh, this morning, which is typically where I end, because uh, we love his presence. Um, but I, I have uh, been living uh, as an upper room father and leader just in a really high place. I, I feel like the Lord is speaking me uh, about our future and just speaking on a very high level. Um, and so anytime I sit with the Lord, it, it's like pff, I, I get just this big macro vision of where he wants to take us. And so I, I, I want to, I want to share from that place. And as I do, I want to just thank Peter Lewis for last week. It was awesome. Just so grateful for, uh, what he stewarded and the message of the gospel. You know, when Peter has a mic and he stands before you, you're going to get Jesus. You're going to get the gospel. It's just phenomenal. Um, so I want to thank him and, uh, and next week, you're going to get Corey Russell, which is awesome, too. I love that we have a plurality of voices and teachers. Uh, but for me, I, I am, I am, I've used this analogy before, and so I, I don't mind using it again because it is the best description of, of, of where I'm going to teach from. But um, it's the Whole Food sermon. And what I mean by that is my wife and I were at Whole Foods several years ago, and uh, we were sitting in the mezzanine level, which overlook the aisles of, it was either Whole Foods or Central Market, but this store, it had like weavy kind of aisles. It wasn't the traditional set. Like you walk in and they've grafted out how you're going to walk through the cheese section, the meat section, the bread section. You're just going to hit them all. And, uh, and it's hard though, if you're in the midst of it, to figure out where you are. Do you know those kind of grocery stores? I don't know if you've been to one of those, but we're overlooking the entire maze. And uh, I told my wife, I said, honey, this, 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 is how I view things. <laughs> from up top, up high, from beginning to end, I like to know the lay of the land. And about that time, there was this guy, and I think he was looking at olives. I'm not certain, but he had these two jars. And 
My wife was like, ah, I get you, but me, I'm the olive man. Like, I just see what's in front of me. You know, I see, I just see the aisle that I'm on and I see like practically where I'm at and, and what's before me. And so this is not an, if you're an olive person, this is not an olive sermon. If you're an olive jar person, this is a higher 30,000 foot view. But I think the Lord comes to us in those two dimensions. I think those are two ways the Lord speaks to us. Uh, and so just to give you maybe some, some clarity about your personal walk with the Lord. Sometimes I think the Lord speaks to us about what's right in front of us. And other times I think the Lord pulls us back and he speaks on a big, big, big level. I think that's seen in Psalms uh, 119 verse 105. Psalms 119 verse 105. This is a scripture that you're very familiar with. Uh, it was the old Amy Grant song, right? Psalms 119. 105. It says this, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You know this song? Okay. So these are the two dimensions that's found in this verse. You got, you got the whole food olive jar, man, which is thy word is a lamp unto my feet. It's right before you. But then there's other times when you're in that mezzanine level and you're picking up on a big, broad word, it's a light unto my path, meaning I can see the horizon. I can see what's far off. I can see in the distance. And oftentimes when those path words come, those words that light up the long way many times, and it should create this feeling is, Lord, how in the heck am I going to get from here to there? Like, I hear what you're saying, but how am I going to get these two feet all the way to the horizon? I see the Lord do it to young people in this room. They'll come in the prayer room. They get born again. They get uh, just zeal for God. And God starts speaking about their destiny and calling. Like, they're going to go to the nations. Or they're going to be a preacher to thousands. Or they're going to you know, own a business and make millions. And that's the word that lights up the path. But then you know what he does? He then buries them and he starts to give them some very practical hands, feet, instructions that actually have nothing to do with what's on the horizon. They have nothing to do with that big word of I'm going to go to the nations. He says, so you know what? You're going to sit in this prayer room for five years and you're going to be unknown. You're going to become unknown. No one's going to pay attention to you. No one's going to look at you and smile. No one's going to acknowledge the word that I've spoken to you. It is going to be a season of death. And I'm going to put you in a process that's going to get you to that promise, but it's going to look nothing like what you thought it would look like. Because if you think about like, it's a, it's a lamp unto my feet. A lamp is something you grab hold of. A lamp is something you hold and you extend, but it says it lights up your feet. So hands and feet are very practical things. Hands and feet are what's before you. And so I think these are the two aspects of the word of God. There's certain things that we need to do today. There's certain things, practical things that we need to do today that get us to the horizon, that get us to the future, that get us to where he's calling us to go. But many times it doesn't feel like, how is this going to get me there? You know, God doesn't always, he doesn't lead you in straight lines. We're very linear in our thinking. Like order to us looks like this sanctuary. We got rows, we got aisles, we got lights, we got a stage, we got me up here. This is the order of man. God's order, though, is a forest. <laughs> you look in a forest, all you see is a bunch of trees. There's no rows, order. There's paths that you make. And sometimes God's order just looks different than ours in his leadings, in the way he designs things, in the way that he builds your life. And so uh, we need to be faithful today in order to embrace where he's leading us tomorrow we need to listen today. We need to respond today. But what I feel like the Lord is speaking to us collectively as an upper room family are some horizon words, 
some words that are speaking to us about our next 10 years, maybe about our next 20 years, maybe about our next 30 years. There's some emphasis that he's put before us and I, I just can't get over them. I've, I've talked about them once, but I don't know about you, but I need to hear things over and over and over and over again. I think the key thing for us as the people of God in the days ahead is how do we fight for simplicity? Simplicity is so important. And when God begins to move, when God begins to actually fulfill the things that he said he would do, things can get complicated. And my desire for us as a community is as we grow and as we continue to dream and we see people come to the Lord is that we can get simpler and simpler in our devotion to Jesus. As the complexities outside these walls get more and more over gender, sexuality, politics, like it's complex out there, but in here we can dial it down and get it simple. That when you hear things, they're the things that you need to hear. They're the things that you need to focus your eyes upon. And I believe if we can set those things before us, that all these things will be added unto us, that he begins to answer questions and give us solutions because of the simplicity that's found in this room. Like part of some of our issues is that things have just got too complex and we need to dial down. We need to die a death. We need to surrender again. We need to bury our thoughts, emotions, desires, and dreams once again into the heart of God. We've picked up too much. And the Lord is saying, would you bury yourself once again? And I feel like there's some seeds that he wants to plant freshly in our heart, upper room family. I don't think these seeds are necessarily for everyone. Uh, I feel like there are assignments. And I can look at the tribes of Israel. Each one was allotted a promise. There were assignments in the land. And I feel like the Lord has special assignments for this family. And if these assignments don't awaken your heart, if these assignments, uh, like you're like, well, I'm, I, don't, I don't get any of this. Well, maybe there's another tribe that you're called to. Like I am not trying to, I just think sometimes the church tries to become all things for all people. And, and we, end up, we end up becoming a, like just a voice of mixture and a voice that's speaking in a lot of ways, but it's not a clarion call. And I feel like the Lord is giving us a clarion call in this season. And I don't believe I came up with these. <laughs> like I keep realizing that this really was his idea. And, uh, and so I want to present these before you just in humility and in, in, in expectancy, but we, we had this weekend, a couple of weekends ago that I keep reflecting upon where Lou was here and Rabbi Jason, love Rabbi Jason, come to these Rabbi Hebrew glory Saturday nights. I don't even know if we have a title for them, Saturday nights with Rabbi. Uh, please come to those. I think they're really important in this vein and along these lines. But I feel like the Lord is highlighting three things um, for us as a community. And, and I'll end with the main thing. The main thing is the presence of Jesus. So we've set our eyes on that. But now as we've pursued him, and I think this thing has really gotten in our DNA, I believe our family, we're finding three objectives or three initiatives that he's asking us to embrace in-house. Um, and the first one <clears throat> is the significance of women in the kingdom. And the significance of women of women uh, uh, emerging in this next season. Uh, and I, I'm, not, I'm not, like, uh, oftentimes when I, when I uh, uh, speak to this issue, like, it's, it's, it's a word of correction. It's a word like, well, we, we, we haven't seen women rightly, and we haven't empowered women fully. And I am not like we may go there and, and we've done some series in the past just about tackling some of the tough texts around like women should remain silent or women shouldn't teach. And we can go down that path later on, but I'm not even talking about just correcting wrong theology. I, I think it's, 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 it's bigger than that. I, I, I sense that there's something that women are carrying. There's something that God has put inside of our female sisters, mothers, daughters, that the spirit of God is being poured out and we must receive from them their voice and their leadership for us to get to where we need to get to. 
Like I think of Jeremiah 9. Uh, There's two dimensions that I feel like the Lord's highlighting with women. Is it okay if I just unpack my heart here? Okay, there's two dimensions with women. I feel like the Lord's giving me two descriptions of the women that are going to emerge. The first is two words. It's wailing women and warring women. There's wailing women and warring women. And Jeremiah 9, I'm going I'm to end in Jeremiah 3, but I, I want to just direct your attention to Jeremiah 9 because Jeremiah is prophesying some really gnarly things to the nation of Israel. And the nation of Israel is insulated. The nation of Israel is actually prospering. The nation of Israel, though, is indifferent towards God. The nation of Israel is neither hot nor cold. The nation of Israel is in compromise. The nation of Israel was boasting in their own strength. And Jeremiah shows up as the weeping prophet to disrupt business as usual. And one of the things that he does in Jeremiah 9 is he beckons the women. Now, these specific women that he calls are women that were paid to wail. When someone was mourning the loss of uh, a loved one, when someone died, they would pay professional mornings, mourners that would show up and they would start beating their, their chest and they would cry out and they'd make this big to-do that there's mourning in this house. And what it would do is it would bring attention to the death of the loved one. And in Jeremiah 9, oh my goodness, I am so close to needing readers up here. Oh God, pray for me. Just extend your hand. I don't want your readers, bro. Maybe it's, maybe it's a light issue. Is it? It's a light issue. Check this out. Um, in Jeremiah 9, again, this is nine chapters of him rebuking these people for the stubbornness of heart. He says this, consider and call for the mourning women. This is verse 17. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider and call for the mourning women that they may come. Send for the wailing women that they may come. Let them make haste to take up wailing for us that our eyes may shed tears and our, 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 our eyelids flow with water. For a voice of wailing is heard from Zion. How are we ruined? We're put to shame for we've left the land because we've cast down our dwellings. Um, and it, it, it goes on just about the nature um, of Israel. But you need to know this was a, a misogynistic society. This was a society where women were put off. Women were set aside. Women weren't listened to. And the weeping prophet who has the word of the Lord in an environment like that, he says this, bring the women to the forefront. Bring the wail of the women to the forefront. Bring the wail of the women Bring the cry and grunt of the women. There's sin in the land. And to get the attention of the religious structure and leaders of the day, give me the wailing women. <laughs> give me the wailing women. Give me the wailing women. Give me the wailing women. And I, I sense like, I sense a key for the coming day is that we need to listen to the whales that are locked up in the women of God in this room. I think women see things and sense things and know things that men just try to fix. <laughs> we are fixers. We come up with the solutions. But I'm telling you, the wound is deep and wide. And the solutions of our hour, the prescriptions of our day are falling short. And I think we need a whale to arise in the church. I think there's mothers. I think there's mothers that are looking at the challenges a generation is facing. Mothers and fathers are facing. Here we go, the wailing women right here. Oh my gosh. Right on cue. We planned that. Oh my gosh. That was weird. So you got, you got the whale. So I, 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 don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't, again, this is 30,000 foot view. So you're like hands, feet. I, I think it's going to come. I just feel like I need to share this and the Lord's going to give us practical things to walk out. Um, there, there's some women initiatives thinking, things that are happening. I think this is just, it's bigger than we realize. But, but look at the horizon and I want us to see the significance of women and the burden that they carry. And I think it has to do with homes. I think it has to do with marriages. I think it has to do with children and our future generations. So I think there's a whale that's in 
uh, women, but I also think there's a, a, a war, a, a warring that's within women. And so I look, at, I look at Jeremiah 9, but I also then look at Judges chapter 4. And we're not going to go there, but Judges chapter 4 is a mom. Judges chapter 4 is a housewife. And she's serving uh, her family in the days of Israel. And they were seeking to get, I believe his name was Sisera, um, who was uh, an enemy of Israel. And Baruch and the armies were pursuing him. And guess who shows up at Jael's doorstep? Sisera the enemy. Am I saying that right? I feel like I'm not. Yeah, that's why I said Cicero. All right. I see some of y'all look at me like a confused dog, like Cicero. All right. Cicero. My wife's a speech therapist, so I'm in good hands. Uh, Cicero. So anyways, this, I'm a calm homeboy. Homeboy shows up and, uh, <laughs> and he's being pursued by the enemies of God. And listen, listen, JL sees him and JL knows He's an enemy. And Jael calls him inside the home. Says, let me tend to you. Gives him a warm meal. Gives him a bed. He falls asleep in her house. And so you know what Jael does? She wars. She goes and she finds what would be a domesticated utensil, which was a tent peg. I'm sure mama had put that tent peg several times down when the wind was blowing. She knew how to deal with a tent peg. So she took a tent peg, took it to the temple of homeboy, puts that temple right through his head, wailing and warring women. There's a mindset that's attempting to creep into our homes. My wife was watching, it was over the holidays, I may have shared this story, but we were watching uh, Bethel Kids. Bethel Kids. We love Bethel Kids. We're dancing to Bethel Kids. And YouTube pops up this ad, and it is is an adolescent girl, nine or ten, and the first words out of her mouth were the first time I knew I was gay and attracted to other girls. You should have seen JL come out of my house. It was targeted marketing. It was a mindset that's attempting to creep in. It is so demonic that they would target Bethel kids for a message like that where there's a nine-year-old indoctrinating or attempting to indoctrinate her kids. It's subtle. It's significant. It's not a small thing. It's not a political thing. It's a spiritual thing. And women are the gatekeepers. Women see things. And we need to listen to their wail. And we need to empower them to war. We need to empower them to release that zeal that God's put within them to violently attack this thing. We need the Kimberly Stokes. We need the Christy Lewises. We need their voice up here. And when their voice comes, we as men need to eat from their hands. We need to be ready to follow their leadership. It's not just an accent. It's not just, oh, that's cute. It's not just the pastor's wife. It is a woman of God who's wailing and warring. Women, we're going to focus on you. In the next 10 years, there's going to be women that emerge in this house. We are going to be comfortable with women in leadership. I did a phenomenal series on this (laughs) a couple of years back. So I get it. I grew up in a theological framework that was different than this. I know the text, but to me, it is, it is, it is, it is something I believe we're going to major in as a community. We're going to be, we're, we're going to be uh, very informed and educated. We're going to understand the theology of women. So women, that's important. Uh, the second thing uh, is Israel. And this is the section where I'm going to get into the breaking news. Uh, Israel's significant. Um, again, I want to remind you, we're looking to the horizon. And for me, it was a year, a little over a year ago. Uh, I have a relationship with Rabbi Jason. He's a friend. I know he's a rabbi. I'm not certain what that means. Uh, I knew he liked the Jewish people. I knew he knew the scriptures, but he was my buddy. I met him in the backyard of, of a friend's house. We had lunch. It was a big pastor's gathering. We connect. We just start texting 
He's a friend. So then he sends me an invitation. Me, Larissa, about seven other pastors to go to Israel. I didn't want to go. It's the beginning of the year. But my wife wanted to go. So therefore, we went. <laughs> and, uh, and praise God for the leadership of women. Because <laughs> uh, I got on that plane. And I'm telling you, for the next 10, 10 days, my life was marked. My life was marked. Something was imparted to my heart as a leader. It was about leadership. It was about me as a leader and what is my leadership unto? Is it unto building a church? Is it unto a worship movement? Is it unto reaching our nation? Is it unto reaching the nations? And I, my wife and I, we feel like one, the reason we're alive, the reason we're alive is to point people to the purposes for the end times and the significance of the Hebrew people and God's purposes for Jerusalem and for the land over there. I'll get better language over time. Again, these are horizon words. I'm still, I don't listen to me say this and I'm like, that's the reason you're alive. I, I genuinely believe the trip had that level of magnitude. I don't even really fully understand what I'm saying, but there is something so significant about the Hebrew people, the land of Israel, the city of Jerusalem in the coming days. I think anti-Semitism is going to uh, emerge, and I think we need to be informed and rooted in Scripture about those seasons and how we can stand with our Jewish brothers and sisters. I believe a harvest is coming, and I believe Arab and Jew are going to come together through Jesus. I believe there's going to be an outpouring of that. I believe that will be the fulfillment of John 17. There's a, a oneness of people where that that sibling rivalry between Isaac and Ishmael is going to be resolved in the man of Christ. But I just, you know, it's supernatural what took place, the birth of Israel. After 2,000 years of not being a nation, 1947, United Nations acknowledges that they are a nation. Uh, then the, the six-day war over Jerusalem in 1968, you can go and look at this. Rabbi's going to help us understand it. But to me, these big pillars are so important for us as followers of Yeshua and Jesus that we put on our horizon. Amen. So we went, Rabbi Jason, I just want to, I want to show you how this plays out. I'm, I'm not getting high level, but the Lord's speaking about Israel. I go and I get marked and wrecked, <clears throat> excuse me. And, uh, I come back from Israel and I have a dream. And in the dream, I think I've shared this with you once, but in the dream, uh, Alyssa Smith, who's one of our worship leaders, love Alyssa. She's in a house and I knew it was my house. It was a big house and she's standing, looking out over our front yard and there's piles of dead leaves. And in the dream, I can hear her thoughts. She is grieving the beauty of a former season that has now died. So she's grieving the beauty of a former season that's died. And I walk up the steps and I'm so excited because I needed to talk to, to, to Alyssa. And, and in the dream, I roll up my sleeve and I've got this beautiful tattoo on my arm and it is the tree of life. And I said, Alyssa, I need to show you something. Look what I got in Jerusalem. And it was this tree of life. <clears throat> she started crying and we hugged. And, uh, and I knew this. I knew that if I could get the hearts of our Levitical community, our young Levitical community. I get their hearts rooted in the narrative in the land of Israel that a tree of life would emerge that would not fade or wither. And I believe that for us as a people that, that, that as we dial into this, as we tap into his purposes for Israel, we will find the everlasting fruit, like the thing that he's doing. I think it's really significant. Okay, so, so, so I had that dream. So I'm not one to, to hesitate. So I call Elissa, Joel, and Autumn Williams is in Denver, oversees our, our music and global stuff. And we booked flights to Israel. Again, big chunks, big rocks. I don't know why I'm going back to Israel. It's only been six weeks, but Rabbi's going to be back there. I'm like, I'll get you on ground in Jerusalem. We'll see what happens. <clears throat> so we go to Israel. Is Elissa here? We had a blast. Joel was there. You, Joel was asleep. Just kidding. So we have a blast. And uh, 
And so I'm walking the streets and, of, 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 of Jerusalem. I connect with Rabbi and I connect with his team who's over there. Follow me here. Horizon word, feet, hand, practical words. I'm in Jerusalem going after this big word. I have no idea why I just spent couple thousand dollars to take these guys over there other than I had a dream and God done something in my heart and I hope he did it in theirs. We did do it in theirs. But as I'm walking on the streets of the old city, if you've ever been there, very narrow streets, marketplace, very crowded, hustling and bustling like this, there's a dude that was with uh, Rabbi Jason. Never met him before. And uh, we strike up a conversation. I said, hey, bro, where are you from? He goes, I'm from Dallas. I'm like, what really? Where do you live in Dallas? I'm from Dallas. He goes, I live in the design district. I'm like, the design district? Who lives in the design district? He goes, we do. I said, where do you live in the design district? And he tells me, and I'm like, I didn't know there was a home. He goes, well, we redid a, a warehouse, whatever. And, uh, and I go, well, I'm a pastor in the design district. And, um, <clears throat> and he goes, awesome. Where do you pastor? And so we're, we're talking, talking. And I was like, but we're full and we need land. We need a building. And he goes, well, guess what? I'm in commercial real estate. And I was like, really? Yeah. I said, well, do you know of any properties? He goes, yes, I do. I know of the perfect property. And, uh, and so we, we exchanged numbers and, uh, you know, you come back, time happens, things happens, a pandemic comes, uh, all kinds of things have happened. But, um, the news is that there was a piece of land that he talked to me about over there that my wife and I have been driving by praying over. Um, but we didn't know how we were going to get from here, this building to that land. And so uh, this week we ended up going to uh, another property that's by this land um, that is really amazing. It's uh, twice the size of our current footprint. It's about 50,000 square feet. Um, it's just south of downtown. Um, it is so upper room. Um, and so, uh, we, this week in faith, we need to work out a couple of things, but we put earnest money on this building. So there's, there's, one, there's one caveat. I know you're excited. One caveat, we need to pray that, that we can get parking agreements. There's plenty of parking down there, but we just need to get the right parking agreements in order to move forward and proceed. Uh, again, I'm sharing horizon words. We need lamp words. But get this. I, I, the Lord knows. Listen, the Lord knows. The Lord knows we need a building, right? So he, he could have introduced me to this commercial real estate developer, at a coffee shop off Oak Lawn that he goes to that I go to. It would have been a lot easier. I'm in the coffee shop. I'm wondering what I want. Oh, what, what's up? Oh, you're a commercial real estate? Oh, you're a believer? Oh, okay. Take me to this land. No, 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 no. He flies both of us to Israel. walking through Israel in Jerusalem. Horizon words lead to hands and feet. Being faithful to the horizon words lead to hands and feet. I think there's a whole lot to this. The fact that land building Israel, there's just a lot of swirl. And I'm not, I, I'm believing that this is a man of peace who's going to help us find this property. I'm believing this is the property in faith. Um, I'll give you more information in the coming days. Uh, but again, we're, we're at the, like step one of a lot of steps to get into this spot. But from a footprint standpoint, it fits. From a prophetic word standpoint, it fits. From a space-wise, it fits. It fits on every single level. And so we just want you to agree with us. We want to pray. And let's go on a journey again, believing for a building. Is that cool? So again, horizon words, feet words. So sometimes words come and I think our 
faithfulness to pursue the things that we hear in the midst and the here and the now oftentimes will open up doors that only he can open. And this is a significant example of that. Oh, by the way, that building, should I tell him about the, the equity? <laughs> Anyways, we, it, it would be, it, it's just, it's a God deal. If again, if it works, but there's a, there's, it would, it would come with just under a million dollars in equity. So if you're not a business person, that's significant. Uh, that's something God does. Uh, and it's just the grace of the Lord and his favor and people that love the upper room, people that love Jesus and how this is all coming together. Uh, so I still love the land. We'll talk about that later. There is a land component to this. So I think it could be a both and not an either or. There's just a lot that God's up to. But isn't it interesting? We pray that these walls would push and God open up space. And then thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So both and. So I, I, guys, I'm giddy about this. I, I need to keep talking about the land. We've been believing for this for a while. So um, I told the overflow room first because, you know, they know today we need some land. So we need some property. We love you, but we're working on it. Um, so, oh, there's a seed. Awesome. We need, this is a $20 bill. We're going to need about Times a million. Can we do that? No, I, I, I think it, and then the, the next thing that I want, I want you to see, uh, man, I'm not even going to get to the scripture today. I'm going to quick though. Um, cause I got to land. I really want to get the scripture. The next thing. So we got women, Israel, but the next thing I, I think is, uh, harvest. I would put it under the term harvest. I would put it under the term nations. Um, and, uh, God is connecting us with some significant uh, apostolic missions organizations. Um, there are some key people that we're in relationship with. I don't think we're going to be faithful to what God assigns us to do, but I think there's some key partnerships coming with other ministries. And I believe the Lord's calling us to the nations. I believe he's calling us to have a focus on the nations, to send young adults into the nations, to pray for the nations. Um, I'm not going to share a dream that my wife recently had, but the, the gist of the dream is that there will no longer be a people in the nations not marked by my presence. And uh, I, I believe it, it is under teaching, it is under the discipleship, but the, the ultimate, ultimate thing is that the presence of Jesus will be known by every tribe, language, and tongue. That they will know his presence, they will know his nearness, they will know Yeshua, they will know Jesus. So um, it, it confirmed this, well, for time's sake, I'm not going to do it, but we're doing a Spanish album later this fall. We're connecting with uh, South American. We're connecting with the South American church in significant ways. We want to kind of be a fullback for the South American church. And we're linking up with other pastors, linking up with churches. And we want to raise up pastors, leaders that are carrying a similar heart to see South America transformed by the presence of Jesus. So there's things happening with that. Um, one of my biggest burdens for our nation specifically uh, are the Gen Z generation. The Gen Z generation is one fourth of the world right now. It is a quarter of our nation is Gen Z. It blow your mind. Gen Z is not just going to influence culture in the coming days. Gen Z will be the culture. Their mindset will be the culture. It's really important that you hear this. And and uh, thegreatopportunity.org, it's uh, Pine Tops is an organization that did a study, a thorough study called thegreatopportunity.org. And uh, they say that over the next uh, 30 years, between 2020, 2050, that a million young people that were raised in communities like the Upper Room, raised in evangelical communities will leave the faith. There is an exodus happening in the church. There's a decline. The statistics are mind-blowing of what's trending. I love what God's doing in our little bubble. I love the influence we're having in our little bubble. But outside of these walls and outside of our peripheral, there's a generation that's walking away from Jesus, and there's eternal consequences to that. And we need to be broken over it. We need to be aware of it. We need a youth movement to emerge in our nation. Do you know that the majority of people make 
lifetime faith decisions by the age of 25. We have a short window to capture their attention. Millennials are getting to the end of that age. Many think millennials, uh, a lot of the harvest for millennials, because of that statistic, we're getting to the end of that window. But the window that's beginning is for Gen Z. And we need, we need to acknowledge that. We need to pray into that for our kids and their kids. We need to see beyond ourselves that one generation will tell another that he's faithful. We weren't just singing that because it's a good song. We were singing that because God's trying to awaken us into a greater perspective. I could give you statistic after statistics what technology is doing to Gen Z. It's the first generation that is native to technology. They have grown up with screens in their face. And at the age of 13, uh, so, uh, psychologists started seeing a trend. Um, they started seeing a trend around 2012, which is when a lot of them were entering into their early teens, late adolescence, um, that something started to go wrong in the lives of teens. It was baffling. I've been doing studies on generational differences for about 25 years. This woman doing a TED talk. So I got used to changes that would grow slowly and steadily over then. But between 2010 and 2011, I saw some changes that were much more sudden and I have never seen anything like it. During a five-year period, 2010, 2015, the number of American teens who felt useless, joyless surged 33% in a large national survey, but especially troubling was the 31% jump in suicides among 13 to 18. After scouring several large surveys for clues, twins and her colleagues found that all the possibilities traced back to a major change in teens' lives, the sudden ascendance of the smartphone. The information they're privy to, what they're being indoctrinated with, what they're seeing, Cultural Christianity will not cut into it. Taking your kids to Sunday morning church is not the solution. We need jails. We need warring women. We need true shepherds, as we're going to look here in just a second. But I want to bring up to you someone that God has put on our front doorstep. It's like <laughs> this image of a stork, but he's not a baby. Come here, Brian. This is Brian Barcelona and One Voice Ministries. I just, you gotta see. You gotta see. This is, this is the kind of stuff I believe the Lord's calling us. He's bringing mighty, give me a kiss. Right Come on, baby, that's what we, all right. Oh. He's from California. He just moved here with like 20, 30 of his core team. He has a ministry called One Voice. They are reaching this demographic Go. Man, we are honored to be a part of this house. Um, and what we've witnessed, I think just in the, last, in the last month and a half, we've seen our views and our content go from 5.5 million to 7.7 .7 million in the last month and a half. And I don't know if you wanted to show um, any of those. Yeah, clips. so what they do is they preach the gospel on TikTok. They preach the gospel on Instagram. That if you're scrolling up, they're like, don't scroll, don't scroll. Let me tell you something. And it's these quick quick little pithy sermonettes and then they give there's a whole discipleship plan it's not just hey look at our followers look at our influence once a kid clicks into their system they get their text number then they can sign them up for zoom bible yeah. studies there's a whole intricate administrative yeah. like that's what i think is beautiful about what you're doing yeah, even uh, even this last month we hit 77 thousand views on live streams and so that's actually we do we go live twice a day an hour each uh one of the hours is preaching we preach the gospel seven days a week and then we say if you want to give your life to jesus text the word saved they're then sent a whole discipleship curriculum he's a part of it francis chan nick Voyachik, corey russell my amazing wife like we send them this and then we begin the journey of discipling and the third phase is we find local communities actually plug them in in person so it's been crazy. Yeah. Hey, so tell, tell about this. Look at this. Look at this. I love this. This so, will raise your faith. Watch so this video. So we had a... We had a, 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 a Hold a, on. <laughs> Hold on. Stop the video for a second. Hey, just explain what they're watching. So there was young people that wanted to get baptized. And there was no way through COVID in certain Except states that we were able to get to everybody. So we... Put a word out and said, if you want to get baptized, text the word baptized to this number. 
and we'll just see what, you know, what happens. So all these kids begin to text in. And so what you're going to witness here is some kids that have the ability to go into pools and, and some can go into other places. Some of them do it in their bathtubs. Some of them have bathtub stoppers. Some of them don't. So you might see this person who's going to dump a pot of water on your head. If you got a problem with that, my question is, is your faith in the amount of water or in the action? But what you're witnessing here is a young man getting baptized. Um, and then I think there's one more clip. I don't know if we can roll the next clip as well. That's in their homes. And then just last week, we had a, uh, a young girl who, uh, she was getting baptized. And then half, right before she got baptized, she said, wait, my three siblings want to get baptized too. Can we do this? And we baptized four siblings. Um, the last one was eight years old, and he needed a little help. His sister shoved his head down for us. Uh, but what's incredible is, because of the digital age, I know for a lot of us this might be foreign, um, but because of the generation Gen Z's grown up in, they could actually encounter what well, you've encountered it here. They can encounter that on a screen. And you may say, well, where's that biblically? Well, if, if the apostles could shift cities with letters, what could God do with videos? Come on. My boy. So good. voice come on one voice so they got a whole they got a whole army of people that are here just they look cool they talk cool I mean, look at Brian he's either like I yeah I mean they're like he's an evangelist or a gangster one of the two so I go with a gangster evangelist that's what you are <laughs> I love him hey uh can, I know it's 1201. Can, can you give me five minutes? I, I just, I've got to hit this verse because I felt like, you know, I, I, as the great opportunity.org, that, that article, which it is thorough, the research that they've done, um, they asked leaders from across denominations, across ages, um, what do we do? What do you think needs to happen in the next 30 years? And uh, everyone knew something needed to change. But one of the things that they came to the conclusion of is there is no map to get from here to there. That everyone's saying something different. And they attempt to give some real uh, clear objectives to get from here to there. And a lot of those objectives are what we're talking about. I think a lot of the objectives that we're talking about are gonna help shift the, the, the trend in some degree. I mean, I just wanna be faithful to the Lord. I know this is, this is his deal. Uh, but I want you to know what, what I am convinced of that has to be on everyone's map. I, I'm convinced of this, that, that we, we need leaders specifically um, that understand, know, value, and are pursuing the presence of the Lord. And I want to give you a scripture for this. Uh, and I may, I may teach again on this. I may not get off this for a second, but in Jeremiah, Jeremiah is a scripture, a text you don't just want to stumble into. I mean, it's pretty gnarly, like what he's saying. But right out of the gates, he goes, I remember our love affair. I remember where we were. But then he rebukes them right out of the gates and he focuses on two groups. Uh, the first group, Jeremiah 2. Can you, can you open your Bibles? I really want you to see this. Again, five minutes. I said that two minutes ago, five minutes, but five minutes. Okay, look at this. Jeremiah 2, I'm going I'm to preach this again, but verse 5. Thus says the Lord, what injustice did you find in me that they went far from me and you walked after emptiness and became empty? So he's talking about them leaving the Lord and chasing emptiness to become empty. But... Uh, Okay, I'm going to highlight this. Verse five. Thus says the Lord, what injustice did your fathers? Everyone say fathers. So he's talking about the fathers. Fathers are the spiritual leaders of the families. So he's saying, your fathers find in me that they went, who's they? The fathers went far from me 
and walked after emptiness and became empty. All right. And then this is the thing. They did not say, where is the Lord? They stopped asking that question. It's really important that you see that. Where is the Lord? So then he's going he's gonna to go after one other pe- person. Um, he, brought, he brought us out of Egypt, through the wilderness, through the land. This is verse 6. A land of drought, deep darkness, a land where no one crossed, no one dwelt. Verse 7, I brought you into a fruitful land to eat its fruit, good things, but you came and you defiled my food and my inheritance, and you made an abomination. He addresses another group in verse 8. The priests. So the fathers are leading the families. They stopped asking a question and the priest stopped asking the same question. What's the question? Where is the Lord? The fathers and the priests stopped asking this question. This was a root issue causing the people of God to go astray, to seek after empty things. They weren't asking this question. And if you fast forward to chapter three, he's going to speak of the leaders that he is going to find. He's going to speak of the leaders that he's going to bring forth. And this is my conviction. I think these objectives are important, but at the heart of heart, I believe I'm a father of fathers and a leader of leaders, a pastor of pastors. And I want to raise up a generation marked by this next verse. Look, in in Jeremiah 3, 15, whoa, this is going to get me fired up. Jeremiah 3.15, I would read through in context. You can read through it on your own. It's really, really powerful. But these are restorative texts. He's saying, return to me, faithless Israel. Come back to me. I will not look upon you with anger. I will be gracious to you. I won't be angry forever. This is verse 12. Acknowledge your iniquity. Again, 14, return, O faithless sons, for I am your master. I'll bring you to Zion. Verse 15 is the one I wanted to highlight. Look at this. And I will give you. Everyone say, I will give you. This is the Lord's doing. The Lord will give his people. What? He will give his people shepherds. He will give his people leaders. He will give his people pastors. I believe we have a leadership issue today. And the Lord says, listen, your fathers stopped asking this question. Priests stopped asking this question. But I'm going to raise up leaders. I'm going to raise up shepherds. I'm going to raise up pastors. And listen to me. These pastors will feed you. Well, they're pastors after my own heart. So they're pastors after my own heart. So I will raise up pastors, I will do it, who are after me. So in essence, I as a leader will raise up leaders that have been following me. I as a leader will raise up my leaders that are after me. They're not after people. They're not after fame. They're not after influence. They're not after platforms. They're after me. I will raise up leaders. I am not raising up Uh, like I am raising up David's. I'm raising up men that know me, that are marked by me, that are leading because I'm leading them. Oh, this is good. Oh, this is good. Like that. If I believe the soul of the church is sick and I believe it's sick because we've bought into something that, that just, isn't quite it. And I believe this verse is the leaders the Lord's raising up, but I want you to see the fruit of their leadership. I want you to see the fruit of their leadership. Hear me. The early ones stopped asking, where's the Lord? Where's the Lord? But look at the fruit of these guys in verse 16. Gosh, and it shall be in those days. What days? When I raise up the right leaders, when you are multiplied and increased in the land, declares the Lord. So blessing will come under their leadership. Fruitfulness will come in their leadership, but they will no longer say the ark of the covenant of the Lord, and it will not come to mind, nor will they remember it, nor will they miss it, nor will it be made again. Why? 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 No, he's saying that because he will be among them. He's saying that, listen, he's saying that because they will no longer look to the symbols of God. He's saying that, he's saying that because the symbols will be marked by the substance. The ark was a symbol and it was a symbol for the presence. But in that day, the substance of God will come to the people of God because the leaders of God won't settle for anything else. Ooh. It's about substance. 
listen, I want to preach. I want to read scriptures. I want to, I want to disciple. I want to preach the gospel. I want to do all of these things, but it is unto a people where God is in their midst, a people that are marked by the presence of Jesus. This scripture is saying in those days when you're multiplied, people will not declare, remember the good old days? Remember the times when God used to move? Remember the times when God used to be with us? It will be a day where God will be seen, known, and will mark a people. I believe that's what Jesus is. Jesus isn't a symbol. Jesus is the substance. Jesus is the word that tabernacled among us, and now he is the one that tabernacles in you. You are called, we are called to be the tabernacle of God. Oh, he wrote the law, not on stone, but on your heart. And we owe the world an encounter with that. God. I told you five minutes, I went six. So I'm just going to continue to ask us, can we say yes to the Lord? Can we say yes to his leading, his promptings, whatever he's asking of you? Listen, I think for some of you to give your heart over to these initiatives, he'll awaken as you start to see like the bigger narrative that's happening, all of a sudden your destiny lines up with it. When you get over, where do, you, where do I fit? What are you doing in me? What do you have for me? It's just like, no, Lord, what are you doing on the earth? That's when things start to click and line up. So I'm going to do this. I, I just want to stand up and, and can we just close our eyes, stand, close your eyes. And I just want you to say, Lord, whatever... Whatever you're doing, whatever you have in store, we say yes and we say amen. For us as individuals, for us as families, Lord, whatever you're doing, we say yes and amen. Lord, I believe you're raising up true fathers in this house that will say, here is the Lord. I believe you're raising up fathers that will create homes where children will be marked by the presence of Jesus. So Lord, I pray for fathers. I believe you're raising up pastors and future leaders in this room that will ask that question, where is the Lord? Lord, I believe you're raising up women in this room that will be JLs, that will be wailing women, that will emerge with a voice, Lord, not only for our community, but for our city and for our state and for the nations. And lastly, Lord, we pray for the well-being, peace, and prosperity of Israel and the Hebrew people, Lord, we pray that they would come to know Yeshua. We love you, Jesus, and we say yes, Lord. Today, we say yes to the next decade. We say yes to the next decades. We say yes to the next century, God. May our lives be bigger than our hour. May our lives be bigger than our generation. May our lives in this community, God, be unto the generations to come in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for the mezzanine over Whole Foods that's giving us a broader perspective of our hour and our day. We love you, Jesus. We say yes and we say amen, amen, amen and amen. Hey, if you're, uh, if you're on the ministry team, can I have a ministry team go to the overflow and a ministry team here? Lord, we want both ministry teams uh, in the overflow in here. If you need prayer of any kind, way, shape, form, these guys can pray for you. If not, go to the connect table on your way out. We love you. Thanks for coming to the upper room.